<laughs> Sometimes you need to repair dinks. Well, that's fair. This is Tall Can Audio. Episode 1130 of the Talk and Audio Podcast coming at you as we start another week. My name is Matt Robinson. His name's Rob Christie. We're on social media at Talk and Audio. Give us a follow there. Make sure you're subscribed to the podcast. What's happening, man? It's a lot of episodes. It is, man. There is a lot. I was looking through uh, on the weekend. I was trying to find something on the pod mm-hmm. that we had done recently. And despite the fact that scroll, 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 I'm in scroll, here scroll. weekly. Yeah. If I'm at work and I want to check something on the pod, I, I do it online. I, I just sort of go to the website. Mm-hmm. That's how I get it. Talkanaudio.com. Correct. Not not uh, not publicized as much as the rest, but yeah. here it is. Uh, so I was on Spotify and yeah, it obviously drops you off the last place you were in and you got to like, I'm like, despite the fact that you say it at the beginning of every show, mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't know. Is this 1070? Okay. <laughs> 1080, I don't know. I was sitting right there. Yeah, I, that's what I'm saying. So, and even now, you see 1130, 1130, yep. okay, 1130. So anyways, I had to scroll around. I'm like, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. It's a lot of pods, man. It's a lot of episodes. It's true. Uh, we had a couple this past week. I would highly recommend, might be a little biased, but, uh, to the good listener, uh, the Senator's sale finally goes through. It's Michael Ann Lauer who's going to own the team. We'll open that up to, uh, to Rob here in a few minutes if he wants to touch on that, but, uh. Graham Nichols was on, our buddy, the uh, formerly known as the Six Sense, but uh, the, the Roman a Day blog, and he's been all over this for quite a while, uh, knows his shit on the Sens and, and jumped on with us. And then uh, Tim Baines making his TCA debut of Post Media uh, in here talking Red Blacks, also talking about uh, his time growing up in Lindsay. We had some things to muse upon together about that man in the, in the Kawarthas, right? And uh, Love the Kawarthas. And he was unmasked. As well, we talked a little pro wrestling. Back in the 90s, he wrote a wrestling column under the handle Mr. X. And uh, he had said pretty publicly, (laughs) didn't want to tie his name (laughs) to the wrestling (laughs) column. And he ended up in court and the judge is asking, is Mr. X here? It's quite a story. I would recommend uh, the good listener go back and check that out. As uh, as we said, at talkinaudio.com or uh, on whatever app you're hearing us right now. Uh, But it was a busy week around the podcast. Uh, We're going to have a pint here. What do you got going on, man? I don't know, Matt. Okay. I'm going to wait for you to crack yours open and see how that goes. I'm a little nervous about that. I actually have, I'm drinking something that I was really sort of drawn to by the name of the brewery. Mm. Heavy Seas Brewing. Okay. At a Baltimore, Maryland. Really? So it's called. This a, must be part of your. Yeah, it is. Your uh, monthly. Yep. Delivery. Yeah. And so it's it's Heavy Seas Brewing. The beer is called Hazy Cannon IPA. Okay. okay. Comes in at 7.1. So Citra Hops. So I'm expecting a little, uh, they say it's jam-packed with juiciness, which who doesn't go in for How that? How can you go wrong? Yeah, for sure. So I'm going to give it, but 7.1. I got okay. a couple of these bad boys set up for the show oh, today. Boy. So we're going to see how this goes. There's going to be action here for sure. Uh, I made, uh, the trip on Saturday for the first time over to Spark Brewing. Juicy. On, uh, on Somerset, uh, had never been in before. I think I've tried one of their beers once before. Yeah. Uh, 
reasonably new over the last couple of years. I'm like not like super recently or whatever, but I, I had just never been in. Um, when it, they had a pretty cool brewery, not a bad spot. Although for some reason it sort of felt like someone was having a children's birthday party. <laughs> Awful lot of kids at the table behind us. I uh, went over with our friends there, uh, Shrides and, and Josh, and uh, they are not around for the festivities coming up this weekend. So they wanted to, uh, they were kind enough to buy me a round or two on uh, on Saturday over at Spark. But we arrived and there was almost no one there. And then within a few minutes, it was jammed and there was like two tables of kids that were running back and forth between us. They stayed for like an hour and then blew out just as quick. Whatever was going on, some sort of... Uh, Couple of families meeting up together. I, I don't know. It was unusual at a brewery. Anyway, were they, were they doing hot dogs out front or no? I don't if know. you're down in Somerset, there's a lot of. Yeah, we were sort of at the 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 border between Little Italy and Chinatown, right? Yeah. Like it was a. Uh, so there was a it was a lot going on, but anyway, nice spot. Tried a couple different things and picked up a couple to uh, to bring back. This one comes in a a big boy bottle. Oh, nice. Checking in at about just just five point two percent. Okay, but it is a. Fruited sour, they call it their even downtown pina colada. You know me, man. I like I like some coconut. So coconut, now and then. Yeah, yeah. Well, for sure. I'm not normally much for sours, but the idea of the the coconut in this is what drew me to it. So uh we're gonna get into that one. Uh have you had much spark? Have you ever been in there? Have I've you tried never, it? I don't think I've had any spark. Okay. And I'm wondering if there's any of any any pulp in that in in terms of the some of the fruited beer, mm-hmm. it comes with actually like pressed some of the pressed fruit in there. And so uh, I'll be interested to see mm, what you're doing. Right taking. up front, it's coming with a ton of pineapple. I love pineapple. I could take it or leave it. And now, this is pretty up front. says fruited sour right on it. So I'm not going to give them hell for, you know, bringing a fruited sour to the table. Uh, I'm not getting, on first pull, almost any coconut which is a pretty crucial ingredient. Well, we'll wait and we'll see what it's like when you get about halfway through 100%. that. It's sort of, yep. it warms a bit. But uh, yeah, had a couple other things over there. Their stout was pretty nice. There was a, an IPA, a West Coast IPA called the uh, the Tan Lines IPA. I would highly recommend. Nice. Very, very good. 70s porn. Yeah, man, for sure. <laughs> this didn't have any hair in it, but. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Good time though, man. Nice to see those guys. It had yeah. been a, a little while and, um. Well, it's a nice friendship you guys have because they love beer. You love beer. And, and what else do you need to, to, you, to bond over? Yeah. Well, and you <laughs> just sort of go from, uh, brew pub to patio and it's, it's, it's a nice little thing you guys have going on there. Yeah. They're off to Europe this week, going to London and, and then. No beer's uh, there. Yeah. No, be hard up. And then back to Ireland where they were, I think last summer. No beer's there either. They're going uh, get a get a little genuine article Guinness again. It's the best. And seeing Florence and the Machine in concert in Ireland. Does I guess hmm. where she's from? I didn't know that. I don't or know. That. She's from there. From whatever, right? Florence. <laughs> if that's even her name, <laughs> Aunt Flo. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, Aunt Flo. <laughs> anyway, that sounds like a good trip. But uh, yeah, nice to see them. Nice to grab a couple beers from Spark. And um, like I said, if if you're in the neighborhood, it was a pretty cool little brew pub. The service. Fantastic. Like asking for, you know, I kind of like this style or I'm not really into that. What they were able to suggest, like we did a flight when we arrived, right? Like the, yeah. the suggestions of service people uh, work and they were fantastic. I'm hot and cold on the flights. Like I know there's some shit that I'm just not going to like. Yeah. Don't bring me the wheat. Don't bring me the Saison. Right. Like, just, psh, psh, there was a lot going on though. They had like 
five or six different IPAs by the look of it. Oh, okay. They had an orange tangerine thing going on. They had a few different sours. Um, the stout, like I said, which, you know, I know this time of year is not everybody's cup of tea. It's always stout season, man. 100%, man. man. So a nice spot they had. And like I said, the, the service, the people there were awesome. So, so I was out. Uh, pizza. Oh, you had pizza? I didn't, but they, they okay. have pizza. Um, I was telling you in the green room, I was out uh, on Friday, I took the day off, had some things to do. And uh, hit the, the Cheshire Cat out in Carp, and they always have good beer all from all over the province. They yeah. have like 22 taps. Yeah. And so I drank something from Slake. Huh. I'm not sure if you've had any Slake. I have not had any Slake. So that's that's out and it's picked in Prince Edward County kind of stuff. Okay. But it was just a, it was just a pale ale. It was dynamite. Hmm. But I also had a uh, an oatmeal stout. From Flora Hall, which I've which I have yet to get over to, which is what made me think of it when you were. Uh, yeah, that's a Hoffley staple. Yeah, he's well, big into the Flora Hall, sort of over Glebeish, yep. Sunnyside area, right? I didn't. So, I've never seen them do anything like that. They always seem to be more floral, <laughs> for lack of a better term, yeah. right? Like a lot of uh, sours and IPAs and things like that. Uh, I've never seen a stout from dynamite. Them. Yeah, dynamite. So I've actually we left the the cat. And thought, I, I got to make a trip over there. So. Right on. This recording on Father's Day, I had the option to either, to both do that. Or come do the show. <laughs> no, no or, or, or head out for some, what's going to be Cambodian, which is what I'm doing for dinner tonight. Cause okay. ah, I figure I'm going to come over or have three or four pints here. Yeah. Probably on a Sunday night. Don't need to then go and have. Three or four Three more. or four more pints somewhere <laughs> else. Minimum, yeah. And. So uh, I figured I'd put that off. Taking Monday off, just like Friday. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Who doesn't love a four-day weekend? Sure. Right? The plant called and said, "If you don't come in tomorrow, don't bother coming in Monday." Woohoo! Four-day weekend. But uh, there's so much out there, and there's so much worth uh, worth looking into. One more thing, mm-hmm. non-beer related, and mm-hmm. this beer here, it is super juicy. It's very good. It has that. It does. I, I'm not getting any booziness from it all. Okay. Like you'd never know it was seven point one. Right. So that's both. We'll know shortly. Yeah. Danger flags. Yeah. <laughs> Rob will be saying all kinds of shit by the end of it, like worse than normal. And, and, and we'll just be, people will be offended. Sure. Both in the studio and without. <laughs> um, but it's good. Okay. It's really good. And I know, I don't know where I'd find heavy seas brewing if I, if I love this other than ordering it. Yeah. But um, I love the name. Heavy seas. Mm-hmm. Hazy yep. cannon. IPA. So. Where I was going with that was on the way out, I was too full, you know, fish and chips, a couple of pints. On the way to the cat. On the way out of the cat. Yeah. They have, they sell their own stuff in sort of a big freezer takeout stuff. They have carp creamery ice cream. Really? And I'm going to tell you right now, Matt, you like ice cream. I do, yeah. This is hands down. They must put crack in it. I can. <laughs> it is... <laughs> The best ice cream I think I've ever really? had. Really? Uh, honestly, hands down. It's creamy. It's delicious. So. I'll be on. I, I, I'm almost everyone who has ever come in here as a guest, along with yourself, have always said, Cheshire Cat, man, that's where it's at. There's beers, the foods, everything's awesome. Yep. I've never been. And I I don't love having ice cream at the same time I'm having beer, nope, right? But you, can, you can take it away. I'd have to. Okay. See that, that, that's the way that would have to work. Right. Is cause I don't want to sit down and have a couple pints and then 
throw some ice cream well, on top. And of that's it. where I was too. I took it with me. Yeah. Okay. So I bought two one liter containers. Nice. Okay. Chocolate and score bites. Oh, I see. You oh, know me. I don't love the score. I love that, man. Yeah. And scores over. The other one came with a it was a it was a cookies and cream, mm-hmm. which I didn't choose, but yep. I've certainly eaten part of it. <laughs> I chose it later. <laughs> um, but man, oh man, I'm just, and for those of you who know, you know, yeah. right? For those of you who don't know, if you love ice cream and I don't know why you don't, mm-hmm. check that out. Okay. Carp Creamery. Right on. There's a lot going on there. Yeah, sorry. That's a lot of info. No, it's, it's like right, taking it, it's like drinking from a fire hose. <laughs> I think we'd be remiss if we didn't start just briefly on uh, the, the Bell Media cuts last week and... I'm not positive, man, but I think this is the first time that this has happened where it struck people we knew here at the show. We had two people get caught up in it, plus someone, uh, it was odd on Monday, I guess just coincidence, but The Athletic made a bunch of cuts as well. And uh, I guess I'll start there. Um, Our friend Sean Fitzgerald got let go. Oh, down goes Brown. Nope. That's, uh, Why do I keep Sean, Ma- <laughs> Sean Mac- McAdoo. McAdoo? Why do I keep saying Down that? Down goes Brown is safe. Yeah, uh, sorry about that. Killed uh, you off. <laughs> but uh, Sean Fitzgerald down in Toronto. There, he's the the media. He covers sports media, right? He also wrote the book on the Peterborough Peets. Uh, he's been on the oh, show right. a few yes, different yes, times, yes. and uh, the first time was to to promote his book, and, and we talked about a few different things. And then he's been on a bunch of times since when there's been different media cuts or different stories on you know, the NHL deal coming up or whatever it might be. And even outside of when he actually comes on the show, he's always been really cool to me. Like if I just shoot him a, an email or whatever, and I said, what do you think about this? Or why do you think that happened? Like he always would get back to me, which not everybody does, right? Like, and why would he, right? Heisman. Like, Heisman. Yeah. And he, he, like, there's no reason. Other, like the first time, if you wanted to look at things cynically, he comes on to promote his book, right? No yeah, yeah. problem. But he kept coming on after that when there was nothing to promote. And he's been on, I don't know, three, four, five times since then. And uh, he got caught up in the the athletic. Uh, they let a bunch of reporters go. I was not aware of that at all. Yeah. Uh, so that was a, a bummer. And then on Wednesday, I believe it was, um, there was some noise around Bell Media. They ended up laying off 1,300 employees. I believe it was nine radio stations. Yep. They just outright closed completely. Yep. Yes. Uh, it started, I'll, I'll run through it quickly just because the way it played out was interesting. Um, I was scanning Twitter at about, well, 11 AM our time and it blew up quick on hockey Twitter that the TSN radio station in Edmonton had gone off the air completely. Just, a, a you know, statement read not by one of their hosts, just, you know, a, an automated voice comes on. Thank you for your support of whatever we're, we're off the air though. So. Go somewhere else. That's the voice of doom is actually what you Yeah. Heard. And so I texted our buddy Lloydie and said, hey, have, you know, you hear this is going on? And he said, yeah, it just came across here as well, obviously. And we traded a couple texts just about the industry and what was going on. And then his show went off the air at noon. Yeah. They went to ESPN broadcasting, syndicated broadcasting. And that was a little alarming because also at that moment, Lloydie stopped answering texts. And, um, I'll, I'll be honest. I was pretty sure this station in that moment had survived because 1260 went off the air completely just dead air and 1200 here in Ottawa went to syndicated programming. Also, if you remember about two years ago, 
uh, I think it was like the day after Bell Let's Talk Day when Bell shit-canned a bunch of their sports stations, and it was Vancouver, Winnipeg, Hamilton, I believe. Yep. And again, all of them got shut off at the same time. So the fact that 1,200 this week continued to go after 1,260, again, I was like, okay. Limping off in that direction. There's clearly something happening, yeah, but I think they're going to survive here. And so I got a couple texts out of the meeting. You're not trying to push at any point, right? But it turns out at the end of the day, uh, that two friends of the show ended up getting let go. It wasn't just the sports media department. They ended up closing their London. Um, CJBK? Yeah, the radio, I was going to say the London, England. Oh, sorry. News Bureau for the CTV National News got yeah, closed. Yeah, they're going away from no foreign correspondence. Yeah, they closed a couple of their, their foreign bureaus. Um, so this was also journal. So anyway, at 1200 here, Lever Sage, who just sort of. You know, we had chatted a few different times, but has been on the show now. Uh, actually, we had been talking about him coming on either last week or next. It now seems unlikely he'll be super in the mood to do that immediately, although he has reached out and said we will still do it, but he gets let go, as well as Sean Simpson from The Morning Show. And uh, the other name I would bring up here, because again, he's been on the podcast and has been cool enough over... Sean McAdoo. <laughs> Stop trying to fire Sean McAdoo. <laughs> Down goes Brown is still up. <laughs> he's, uh, he's going. Uh, Glenn McGregor from CTV News is a local reporter. Um, and he came on, if you recall, right after the the trucker convoy yeah, here. I do remember. Helped work through what he had seen while he was on the ground. And he was another guy who would answer me when I would send just emails like off the air. Said, what do you make of this? What do you think of this? And all of them are gone. Now, there was 1,300 people fired, right? But those are the ones that have sort of been tight to our show or have been on our show and been good to us. So uh, I, I just wanted to mention, you know, before we kind of move into what we're going to do here, you know, that those, those are real people. Those are people we know, right? That have, you know, families or homes or rent to pay or whatever that just, you know, woke up on Wednesday morning having no idea anything was about to change and suddenly, yeah, you're gone. And there was 1300 of them. Some of them are behind the scenes, people, like camera people, producers, whatever, um, not just, you know, names and, and faces you'd recognize either from being on the radio or being on TV. Man, the, the, the media industry in this country just still continues to shrink and shrink and shrink, man. Well, and, and just bef- before any of that, it, it's, it's, for those of you not in the local market, it's Ottawa is, is so insulated, Right. I don't know, 60% of the employees in this city work either for the federal government, the provincial government, Mm -hmm. the municipal government. Like it is the tough times that, that most people have gone through from, from early 2020 till now, this market has, is is so insulated due to the largest employers in this city. Yeah. Less private downsizing, exactly. more government and, security. Or people yeah. just losing their job through the pandemic. Yeah. And, and so it's one of those things where most people we know and we deal with on a daily basis really skated quite a bit unscathed. And yep. I know there are people with restaurants and, and, and businesses that were so hard hit. But um, it is one of those things where, it, you know, the, the pandemic is over. Yeah. Yeah. So we're told. Yeah, exactly. And then, you know, yeah, I was able to talk sports through a period when there was no sports <laughs> and all those things. And, and, 
and things have started to sort of arrow up a bit on the other side and and then to go yeah oh sorry now you're at a job you're at right. a job and 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 you've met Lee mm-hmm. I have not met Lee uh, but yet Lee has been I've been a listener to the station since I don't know since it's since inception right right it's OSR days right into its team 1200 and so I've known Lee since his you know Rogers 67's hockey days and so it's like when we had Steve Warren on, he mm-hmm. was sort of in that last batch of, of bell, yep. of bell cuts. And, and that's a guy who I had met before, but who's in your day to day life. Sure. Right? Every day. I don't I know that guy, his, but right. I hear him every morning. Right. I know his, his kids through him. I know his ups and downs, kind of like anybody listening to this show, mm-hmm. right. Knows you and I from both our personalities, but also our, our highs and lows. Sure. There's a comfort there that you get to know when you listen to people regularly, right? You get familiar with them and they do, they become part of your, your I know that life. guy. Yeah, exactly. But uh, he doesn't know me or, <laughs> what, or whatever it is, right? And, and you know, in those cases, both with Simmer and Lee, I, I know in varying situations, mm-hmm. new homes, new whatever, right? They're, these are sort of friends that like stalker friendship. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, You know that you go, I know that guy, you know, he's got a, he's got a new mortgage and he's got a new home and, and he's building a new deck and he's doing all these things and you go, Oh, now you're out of a job and you go. And for people who, who talk sports for a living, what do you do as the, as the industry continues to downsize and, and jobs like that become less available. Like there's just simply you and I've talked about it a bunch of times when Steve Warren was in here, it used to be, there was three guys on the radio. There'd be one or two guys behind the glass, not on. Then it went down to just one producer mm-hmm. and then it was three on-air personalities. Now it's just two on-air personalities and a producer who has to do. How cheaply can we do More, this? right? Yeah. And you go, yeah, we're <clears throat> cutting and we're cutting. And as automation increases, mm-hmm. that continues to shrink, right? And so- I you go, sort of go, well, what do you do? What do you, and it's just one more thing yeah, before no. you take that on is, um, Lloydie's been on, I don't know how many times, mm-hmm. but the first time he was in, it was the three of us. It was sort of pre pandemic. Yep. Halloween. And, and Halloween, his kid's birthday, or I can't remember. It was, he came over it late. It was Halloween. He brought us a couple of little Henry's. And yeah. And so, <laughs> um, you know, the three of us did, did the pod and, and, you know, had a post pod pint and. And it's, it sticks with me. He's like, he's an original too. He's an OSR guy way back in 99, whatever. He's been around for the hall. Yeah. But he was then in 2019 saying, yeah, I'm really interested to see what you guys got going on here. Cause I don't know how long before I have to be doing this. Cause I don't have a job anymore. Yeah. That stuck with me. Yeah. And a few of them have said, like AJ has been in here a couple times said, well, f- for all I know, within a year, I'll be sitting in here with you. <laughs> and we, the pay's not great, AJ. It's not great. Um, you know, it, they know what's coming. They know this is downsizing and downsizing and downsizing. And it only gets worse and worse. Like the, the midday show here at TSN 1200 has been sliced out. It's going to now be from 10 until 2 syndicated American ESPN broadcast. And they're not talking about the Sens. Or the Red Blacks. They're talking about college football. They're talking or, hockey at all. Right. They're talking NBA, whatever might be big news on ESPN that day. And it actually speeds up 
your downward cycle, right? Because people tune out and now you have less listeners listening to your advertisers and your commercials. And then I've been gone from 10 to 2. I forget to tune back in at 2 o'clock to the afternoon show. And so you start to lose that audience. Now, when I get in the car in the morning, I wasn't listening to the afternoon show on my drive home. So my radio isn't automatically set there when it starts up for the morning show. And I'm maybe on I, the best of the 60s, 70s, and 80s. And why I'm wouldn't you be, it. man? Yeah. So I, it's bad. This is not a good scene. And you it's know, a step backwards, big time. 100%. And it, it's not the first one. It unfortunately will not be the last one. But I wanted to acknowledge it here because three friends of the show got hit pretty hard last week. And, uh, you know, I've spoken briefly to, uh, well, to two out of the three of them, traded a couple messages here and there, uh, still friends of the show, but not sure where their next right. gig is coming from, but, uh, you'll hear from them and, here and, again. And, and it's, it's so, it's so weird. Cause as I said, I've tried to lay the groundwork for, yeah, shit's been tough mm-hmm. across the country for a variety of reasons for years, right? This is not new, but. Yeah, because I am a I am a staunch, um, I'm a listener, right? I, I'm not always a contributor. I don't always text in, right? I mm-hmm. um, to the station to the stations, right? I, I contribute to this sometimes. Sometimes, um, <laughs> but we're optimistic today. Will be one of those days. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see how it goes. He's got that seven percent beer. Over yeah, there. he's yeah. gonna bring something. No, I'm bringing it. I'm bringing it, baby. Um, but yeah, I feel I feel sort of. The amount of sadness is not the word I, I want, but concern yep. seems elevated for my relationship with these people. And I and I have to be not the only person who feels that way, right? Right. When you go, yeah, it's like it's like my brother-in-law lost his job, mm-hmm. but I don't know the guy. I hear, you know, Sean Simpson or Lee Versage talk to me more often than I hear my brother-in-law talk to me, and I'm pretty good with that. And yeah, super happy. But so... <laughs> You know, and now I'm kind of bummed that that's not the case anymore, right? I don't want that race getting any closer. So, yep. Uh, I will say I have gotten some messages, people asking questions only because, you know, we make it clear around here. There's, there's no insiders at this table, but I've become friends with a couple of these people talk a little bit here and there. And so I will say, as it pertains to Lever Sage, uh, he and his co-host on the This Is Wrestling podcast went live last Thursday on Spotify Live. I don't know if that got posted everywhere, but it is on Spotify and you don't have to be um, a paid subscriber to Spotify. You can listen to it for free if you wanted to. And they spent about the first 40 minutes of that, um, you know, talking about what uh, what Lee had been through. It actually really, Zach, the week before, had had his grandfather pass, and he was having a hard time with that. So they punted that week's podcast. And then this week, Lee has his news, and it's not been a good time for them. So they spent about 40, 45 minutes off the top of uh, the latest episode of This Is Wrestling on Spotify, not talking wrestling, just talking about life and what they had been through, how this played out. If you want to hear how Lee's doing in his own words, that is where I would suggest you go and do it. And I will make sure there is a link to that, uh, in the show notes, wherever you're hearing us right now. Nice, so, Matt. Yeah. Uh, the last thing I would say about Lee is in one of the text messages, he said, oh, well, I'm looking forward to getting to a point. You can teach me how to get set up for a hit podcast. And I said, well, I don't know anything about that. I can help you set up a mediocre one. <laughs> so I don't know, man. Those must be the midweek shows. <laughs> this is, this is a hit. 
award eligible. Another award eligible edition of the Talk and Audio podcast. I, you had sent a topic in that you wanted to talk about in the uh, epidemic, endemic, pandemic of guys. The, the epidemic. Of guys demanding trades on the heels of not being willing to sign here. And I, I have a feeling I know where that comes from in your heart, why that might be on your mind. Not really. So before we morph into it, though, do you have anything quickly? I know we went in depth with it with Graham Nichols earlier in the week, but it is Michael and Lauer that will be part of the new ownership group. Uh, for those not familiar with him, he owned a minority share in the Montreal Canadiens for quite some time. He's been in this for a while. His bid never had the flash of a Ryan Reynolds or a Snoop Dogg or whatever was going Weekend. on that, but was well known to the league, appeared to be steady, and by a lot of accounts was pretty smart that he just kind of came in. He never had, you know, Laid the low, billion dollar wild. bid. He kind of stayed there, stayed solid, stayed all the way in it. Every time they asked everybody to put something else up or move forward, he did it. And then at the end of the day, when things were starting to look a little rickety, when another group walks away, right? He's there going, just tell me where I need to get to to get this done, and we'll do it. As opposed to blowing your own brain out at coming in over a billion or or whatever. And at the end of the day, that's how it gets done. He has the team at $950 million. He has some local minority partners here, as well as the Melnick daughters retaining 10% of the franchise. Um, you know, Did you have any thoughts on where this has ended up? I think I've been fairly open and honest on this, on this pod that probably all... I wanted the, as I said, I, I was really sort of jonesing a bit for the, the Ryan Reynolds group. Right. Just for what it could do for the brand. Thirsty for Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> 100, he's a handsome bugger, that guy. Um, he's no Matt Damon, but he's still barely I barely handsome. know him. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, it's, it's, to me, and Lauer is for the hockey fan in Ottawa. Forget about the, the international brand that Reynolds would bring. Yeah. I think for the hockey fan in Ottawa, and Lauer's the guy. Like I think he's the guy when you when they when you hear that he just wants to win and he loves hockey mm -hmm. and you're like, and then you hear that whether it's the Hamilton Bulldogs of the AHL, Hamilton Bulldogs of the OHL, now the Branford yes. Bulldogs. But that he just puts in place. The Brantford smoke pile. <laughs> burning tires. The Brantford burning tires. <laughs> Whatever you need, he puts in place, right? That that he is all about winning. Mm -hmm. And at every level, he won a Calder Cup. He's won a couple of OHL championships, yeah. gone to a couple more. Just to me, he's obviously made his, he's a self-made in the trucking business. Mm -hmm. I am... I am very excited at the end of the day that this is what we probably hoped. And I pro I believe the NHL probably wanted, Gary probably wanted. Yeah. They wanted someone they knew, whether it was going to be him or the Kimmel group who owned part of the Penguins for a long time. That's if, reassuring, right? That there's nothing crazy coming. We know yeah. these guys. Yeah. Alternate, alternate governor for the Habs. Yeah. And if you can think of this sort of Gary Bettman as this old time prospector <laughs> and he's got his little pan out and he's shaking and sifting and shaking. <laughs> He's waiting. He's shaking it as long as he needs for that Andlauer yes. pick to come through. And then he's like, bam! Now, I know it's not all his say, but very clearly. He's always got his fingers and everything. And yes. and so to me, it, it, it comes down to, this is the guy, and it was interesting, last week on local radio, Mark Suckliff, the mayor of Ottawa, mm -hmm. 
was talking and and when it came to the, so the one drawback for me is the arena in terms of where it's going to be is it going to be and Mark Sutcliffe Mayor Sutcliffe <laughs> s- described Ann Lauer's take on what, what what a new arena would look like was a new arena if necessary but not necessarily a new arena okay so that is um, the mayor's also been floating downtown, not necessarily Le Breton, correct, but some government buildings like near Laurier and yeah, O'Connor, right downtown, yeah, right downtown, south of the Parliament buildings, and kind of re-energize that yep. part of the city. I, I, I totally get it. There's lots of talk, right? <sighs> I guess angling, angling yeah. in terms yeah. of his own what he's what, floating that anyway. The the government is no longer have as many employees as you referenced earlier. Fifty percent less footprint yeah. they're looking for. So you would be able to sell off some of that. Now, you would have less control of the surrounding bars, hotels, condos, whatever. Way less condos, development that goes yeah. in with that, for sure. But interesting location. So, But this is, I think, the Andlauer group was always the group that was, like when there was still five to six groups, Yeah, they said, yeah, some are heavy real estate development side and mm-hmm. some are just hockey more side. hockey focused. And Lauer clearly falls into the 100%. more hockey focus. Now, if you've listened or read any of the Ian Mendez stuff in The Athletic, he's, and you done, should. he's done some great work. Um, the idea that for when you're paying a billion dollars or close, mm-hmm. that yeah, in a market that is one of the smallest revenue markets in the NHL, yeah. you need that, that, that real estate is what is going to help float this. Uh, somebody, and I can't remember, and I'm sorry where I heard this info, the idea that the Edmonton Oilers, prior when they're still out at Northlands, mm-hmm. in terms of their revenue beyond it was, I don't know, $10 million a year. I'm just throwing that number out. Yeah. The number I do know per year since they've moved downtown to the new arena. The Ice and, District. And all the development around it. $200 million a year in revenue. Right. It's a huge difference. It's a, it's a unbelievable. Yeah. So to me, while I love to hear hockey first, hockey centric, I I hope that they do look at something like LeBreton or out at the train station or whatever, where there is other revenue to be made around the team because Ottawa is not going to do it on its own. So I love the Andlauer selection. I'm just hoping that... There's enough other, um, one of the local groups you mentioned. Farm boy. So, um, Jeff York, I believe who's part of the farm boy group, but also the, and the name escapes me. Um, but they are the Claridge, Claridge homes. Right. Um, which is a home builder. They are also involved in this. So I'm hoping there's enough still, not just to have local input, but to have that real estate and development component with it. Because I think that's what moves this from just a hockey centric to making this a much more viable entity here in the city. So for the next little while, the team is sort of in flux as the, the I's and T's won't be dotted and crossed here for a few months. I don't think anyone's expecting any issue from the board of governors in terms of getting this rubber stamped, but he won't officially take charge until probably they're saying kind of around September, maybe Yeah, that, that leaves you an entire off season of work that has to get done. Now, what's interesting here is 
that the Melnick daughters are retaining 10%. So could you use them as part of the new ownership, but is also the current ownership to give some direction on what we're looking to see done here? Not necessarily in huge things like GM firings or whatever, but we would like you to start adding salary and contending, or we would like you to sort of start pitching things overboard. Trading. Right. These sorts of things. Um, That's going to be interesting to watch, but regardless of who's calling the shots right now, the biggest thing they have to get figured out is Alex Dabrinkit, and and we referenced a couple of minutes ago. Uh, He's a player that they made a trade for a year ago, came in, was fine, but wasn't as good as he normally is. Um, They're now going to take him to arbitration. He's owed $9 million next year. They think they can get that down to... 7.8, 7.8, something 8. like yeah. So it's, it's club opted arbitration. Right. And so he has also, as we talked about last week, submitted a list of teams that if you were to trade me here, I'm more likely to sign an extension, which of course then gets Ottawa a better return in a trade. Um, this has apparently got you, got yeah, you thinking, got it, you wrangled, got it, you riled. It, it really hasn't. And and I understand why you would go that direction. We talked about this. We talked about Jabrinkit last week, right? And and I, br- and I brought up the whole, his comments when he first showed up last year. Mm-hmm. I'm not surprised in any way that, that he's, he's not looking to stay here. Right. Um, I don't feel jilted. I don't feel as a Senators fan, like, oh, fuck you. I'm going to sulk <laughs> over here. It didn't really work. It didn't work. It was a big swing and I liked it at the time. Yep. Um, and it, it didn't work out. To me, he's not, maybe after a full year, you look back and reevaluate and you're like, ah, I don't know if he gets 13 more goals, but he's still a dash 30. Is that what we really want? <laughs> right. At five foot seven or whatever he is. Right. I, I'm not sure. So I, I'm not disappointed. Could he be what somebody else wants? Sure. Sure. It, it's really, when you look at last year. With the Connor Brown, mm-hmm. still with a full year, like he was under contract through this year, and Elliot Friedman floats that whole, yeah, he's not going to resign, and so he, whatever we botched that, we flipped him out for a second round pick next year, <laughs> but it's really the the larger, on a league sort of scale with Matthew Kachuk saying, yeah, I ain't coming back, yeah, I'm not coming back, right. And the true living and what he was able to do, mm-hmm. you know, at the time I thought it was fantastic. Yeah. Didn't work out so great, but. Or at least hasn't yet. I think that, you know, Daryl Sutter may have a portion to, to do with that. Yeah. Okay. But we are looking at now with, so Debrinkit says, and, and at this point, the fact that Debrinkit says it now is actually helpful. As you've mentioned, it's more helpful for Ottawa to sort of go, okay. Here's some teams I'm interested in. If you can, you can get more from me now. Right. As opposed, As opposed to, to him making 9 million bucks. Flipping a guy that, to a team that only has him for one year. They're not going to give you much in that situation. But if you could work it out like Kachuk did with the Panthers, that you're getting him for eight years yeah. on whatever contract. Now it's worth more you right. know, you for can, Ottawa. You can compare and contrast the Matthew Kachuk situation with the Mark Stone situation. Mm-hmm. What? He just Stanley Cup champion. He, well, but he gets there and then he's like, oh, I'm going to sign this contract. In four point. minutes. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it's actually at the airport right. while the marching band is playing at, at the While at the he's gates. waiting for his bag. Exactly. Yeah. And you're like, all right. Um, but because he wasn't signed, we don't get as much. Right. Uh, but then you've now got this with uh, Hellebuck saying, mm-hmm. 
uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois saying, yep. I'm not re-signing, right? And so you, it, to me, it's just this, is this a good thing or is this a bad thing in your opinion? That's and So to me, I, I know you assumed it came from an Ottawa-centric I issue. Just, nah, it was just an easy entry point, man. Right, was, for sure it was. Yeah. But, but it was really just, are we hearing more of this? And is there a spot where we reach where if everybody's doing it, well, it's, it's too much. But you are talking about it is the sort of more high-profile players who are able to swing this, right? It's more high-profile players, and this is going to annoy some, some listeners. It's high-profile players in small markets right now. As a Leaf 100%. fan, this is not happening to me right now, right? It may. It may yet. But not yet. Right. Well, it may happen to you in a year when Austin Matthews doesn't sign and then says. Yeah, I think you know I'm just not that worried about that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I know, but you're not worried about it right now. No. It it may happen somewhere. But but late June 2024. If he's not signed. Unsigned, guess who's worried about it? Oh, by then I'm terrified. He's clearly walking. Forget it. Unless, because the Stamkos, people, oh, the Stamkos thing. You know, he went to that period and then he re-signed in Tampa. Yeah. That's the same as the as the team who says, I'm the I'm the eighth seed and I won the Stanley Cup. I can you just gotta team. get in. Yeah. You just gotta get in. No, that's is not. Is that the, the case. norm? That is not the that norm. That's not the norm. Yeah. So I've also said though a couple different times on here, more with Maddie when we've been talking about the NBA, I kinda like the players are flexing their muscle a little bit more. Now in this case, and maybe in the NBA as well, I'd have to go back and, and look a little it is hurting small markets right now, right? Like, again, I, I don't remember the last time I saw this happening to the Rangers. Yep. Right. Or to the Flyers. Yep. Or maybe the Flyers are a bad example. They're about to burn it right to the ground, but, and kind of already burned. They just noticed it, I guess, and they're going to let it uh, it's <laughs> controlled a, burn it's, now. It's so. way <laughs> smoldering for years. Right. But I, it, as far as it went in the NBA, I sort of liked the fact that, no, you don't get to just lock me up forever and, and, Guys were signing shorter deals, right? Two, three-year deals. I, I know the cap's going to keep going up. I'll see how you treat me for right. three years. I see how this team is going for three years. I kind of like players taking a little bit more control of this. Well, we've uh, had a against... hundred years of sort of indentured slavery. Right. We have you forever. And so that you, you just feel like this is players. I think it's more jarring though in hockey because we've always seen hockey guys not just because of the way the contracts are set up and everything as you've pointed out the indentured servitude of i like the the people online who call the nhl draft the boy auction which is essentially <laughs> exactly what oh. it is um <laughs> let me see his teeth right <laughs> so, but it it is more jarring in hockey because it's always just been that shy Canadian boy who just sort of doesn't want to rock the boat. He signs his contract and then he takes what he's supposed to take the next time. And he always signs for the max length. And you're starting to see less of that. You are seeing guys take more and more control. And I think it depends how you do it. You made a great point last week when we were talking about Pierre-Luc Dubois. I don't necessarily have a problem with Pierre-Luc Dubois being in Columbus. This organization has never accomplished anything. We're not any good. I want out of here. But now I've moved to another one, and he's on a team that wasn't too bad, right? It was a playoff team for a while. You know I'm not that high on them, but they did lead the yep. West for a while. And he's doing it again. You do sort of get to a point where it's great that the players are taking more control of their careers, but that doesn't mean there aren't certain players where you go, fuck you, right? Like, you just become a problem. I don't think anyone here thinks Mark Stone 
was a problem. He was frustrated with how this was going, with how ownership yep. was, with the team being torn down around him. I don't want to rebuild. Yeah. So I want out of here. I think that was reasonable enough. Yep. How many times if Mark Stone had gotten to Vegas and a year later go, nah, screw it, I don't want to be here either. And then he ends up in Chicago and they go, nah, I don't want to be here either. Right. At that point, you Kyle start Lee to go, it might, yeah, exactly. It might be you then, man, right? Like Okay. And and so it's, it's interesting because um, Mike Johnson is on the radio, local radio, couple times a week. Yeah. And he is a guy as a former player, right? Who he is a large advocate for the players Mm -hmm. where he's like, yeah, fuck it. I I don't want to, I want to have some control. I don't want to live here. I don't like. And well, he's played, he's played in Tampa when they sucked. Yep. Arizona. He's played in Arizona. Played in Montreal and Toronto. Uh, The Islanders, I believe like, and so, and Toronto when they weren't that great, but he's a hometown guy. So he was super happy to go there. Yeah. But all I'm saying is he's also. I'm the just, one. I was just pointing out both yep. ends of the yep. the spectrum: yep. Toronto, Montreal, Tampa, Arizona. Yep. Again, when Tampa was shit, not the current Tampa. Yeah, exactly. And so it it comes down to he's also the one saying, "Yeah, if I'm Ottawa, I'm going to the club opted arbitration because I didn't get a nine million dollar season last year. So why yeah. would I pay nine million this year?" Right. He's like, yeah, okay, the player's going to be pissed off. So he is kind of advocating both sides of the coin sure. in terms of the free market kind of idea. Mm-hmm. So I told totally, It does work both ways, yeah. Yeah, but but somehow the player saying, I want what's right for me, means uh, if the if the team says, yeah, but you know what? I You kind of sucked last year. I don't year. know if I, if I got the $9 million out of you last year. Right. And so do you think you can make it through on 7.8? Could you scrape by? Well, it's funny in, in a in a in a completely offshoot. Well, before you move off that, then let me ask you: Do you expect? I was coming back, but no, I'm taking it this time, man. I'm taking control. I'm Mark Stone. I'm Alex DeBrick. Damn you, Matt! Do you expect if he were to play out this season in Ottawa? Yeah. Do you think you'd get last year, or do you think you'd get? Closer to the 40 goal guy we all expected. Like was last year just a down year? Did you see things out of that guy that made you go, uh, I'm not sure this is really what we thought we were getting. I I didn't. Yeah. Um, I think what we all knew was this is a guy who scored 200 goals mm-hmm. in the OHL. This is a guy who scored two 40 goal seasons and was on pace for a 50 goal season, except for the, the, the season got cut short. Yeah. Um, and and through training camp and and all the captain sessions, which happened prior to training camp opening here last year, you're like, "Fuck, the guy can shoot the shoot the biscuit." Yep. Right. I didn't I didn't see enough of that, and so so you would be worried that I'm not getting a, I'm not getting a nine million dollar this year either nine million dollar player this year either. Well, where I was going with mm-hmm. that was I I feel like yeah he doesn't he doesn't really want to be here. Like it's, it's for whatever reason, he, as I, as we talked about last week, this is a, a team that's heavily laden with U.S. players. Yeah. It's not like he doesn't have other guys from, who have a similar upbringing. Sure. And, but he is separate from your, your Sanderson's, your Pinto's, your Norris's, your Kachuk's, all those guys. He is a young guy with a family. Mm-hmm. Right, he is sort of this outlier. He played major junior for four years. All those other guys came through the U.S. national team developmental pool, right? right so right. it just seems like he's a bit of a separate cat. And I think, as I said to you, I don't know, a couple of shows ago, 
That guy's going to score 40 goals against somewhere. Somewhere, yeah. Somewhere. Yeah. For sure he is. Yep. Like, that's what the guy does. And so you get paid when when the, the one thing you do really well is the hardest thing in the game to do. You're going to get paid. It's but, just hard to trade but, that but guy. If, but if you're not doing it yeah. here. So I believe you're a 40-goal guy somewhere else, but you didn't do it for us last year, and you, yeah. I don't think you're going to do it for me next year, but I expect someone else to pay me. Right. Like he might do it for you. That's hard. I think that guy falls into, if you can get Norris back for a full 80, right? And now you are talking, but you're hoping you get sort of Pinto coming off a shoulder surgery, plays 82 games last year. You're hoping for something closer to that with Norris. Sure. But I mean, from the other acquired. I'm just saying in terms of Dabrinkit fitting in with Norris was gone for all but seven or eight games yeah um in terms of the depth at center and who he plays with like this is a guy who was a, with a great playmaking winger in terms of Patrick Kane right in, mm-hmm. in terms of puck distribution and I think that guy falls into a 30 plus goal season next year but is he still a dash 31 right and and so this is an Ottawa team that's looking to move forward with you know, to make to make a playoff spot next year, and and I'm if if you're going to score me thirty, but you're going to be a dash thirty one, if you're going to be, that's just fuck, man. That means the other other hard part of that trade becomes Otto wants to step forward. They don't want a prospect draft pick type of trade unless you would, could find almost a three way trade where one hundred. I know man. if I get a first round pick and a top prospect, I can turn around and flip that to. Whatever Philly well, or and 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 it's interesting. I was reading an article for them. where Daniel Briere was saying, "Yeah, we're open. Yeah, I'm sure in they Philly are. we're open for business. Um, can I interest you in a Kevin Hayes? No, you absolutely cannot. Scott Lawton, maybe. Uh, uh, Scott Lawton, maybe. Maybe. But how about a Travis Connect? Yep. Oh, I don't see that name mentioned, yep. but I do that. Sure. A Carter Hart. What yep. are we talking about here? Yep. Um, but he was saying, yeah, it takes two people, and in some instances. It takes three people to yep. make that shit happen. And so, because you're right, Ottawa is not looking for futures now. No. This is not an organization that's in saying, all right, well, I'll take your late late round first pick. Right. Uh, you know, a 25th overall pick. Could not I, doing shit for me next year. Could I interest you in a Tyler Boucher? Oh, he's a 10th overall pick. Sorry about that. <laughs> But you know what I'm saying? Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. It's we don't need that now. We don't need somebody who's going to be three or four years in developing. Ottawa is looking for. Yeah, we need what Debrink. We need a we need a 35 goal scorer. So Debrink it obviously one example of these guys, and we did end up hunkering down here. But you asked me the question: What is your take though on are these guys becoming too demanding? Do you like that they're taking more control of it? What is you know this has been on your mind. Yeah, well, and it's really just, it seems more prevalent than ever now, right? In terms of of guys saying, yeah, I'm not going to be here. I'm not going to be. And, and I guess, yes, as somebody who's watched hockey for 40 years and goes, that's not what I'm, that's not what I like. That's not what I'm used to. Yeah. The different, the, the, real, the reality is it's so much more of a business. Like in the eight years that you and I have done this podcast, the amount of business that we talk. The business. Mind your business. <laughs> the amount of business we talk on this podcast yes. in, in the vein of sports. Yep. 
has grown exponentially, right? So, like you think about everything's about the Leafs, man. Let's talk about Austin Matthews. That guy's not signing for eight years. He didn't do it last time. He's not going to do it this time. Yeah. He knows the cap is about to enter a period of, you know, we're, we're hearing explosion. Right. Yeah. So do I lock in for eight years and risk that, you know, what I, it, let's just say 13.5, 14 million <laughs> in eight years might be worth eight or nine now, right? Like under these circumstances, or do I sign for three or four and said, We'll talk to you again then, right? Mm-hmm. When I'm 30 years old and I got yeah. one more big contract in me, that's, it kind of sucks as a Leaf fan that he's one of these first through the wall shrewd motherfuckers that's, yeah. that's do it. But that's what I would do. Yeah. Now there is always the concern of injury. That is why you take the long-term guarantee. I'm making five years at 14 mil. If I can't stretch that through at the end, that's on you, man. Yeah. That's on you. And I don't even think we'll get five. I think if you're lucky, you get four. He's I think 26? this is a, is he twenty six. Is he going to be twenty six or twenty five? Because yeah, but uh, I, I think this is a three year deal. Maybe they can talk him into four. He wants to not go past thirty before he's renegotiating once more, and that well, cap is wherever it's going to be. And if I'm the Leafs, and I'm not, no, I'm 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 pushing for four. But yeah. the reality is, in four years, this window is closing. One hundred percent. So. If I can get five out of them, because that contract, and I got to flip, if I can flip them at the end and start a rebuild, yeah, and you know that next contract's gonna suck at thirty, and then he says I want eight years, oh, right, like that's brutal. But that's the situation you're in right now. And if he comes to you and says I'm only doing three, he's holding the cards. You're gonna have to do it. It's not the same as Dubois or Debrinket, but it is him. You know, more like LeBron, more like. KD, right? More looking around going, for right now, yeah, I'll give you a couple years. And if I'm not happy with how it's going, then I'm out. And well, maybe I'll go build a super team with my buddies. And But that's that's where I was going in that side avenue. And really, you're just so smart, Matt. Okay. You just pushed it off down the uh, down the road. Was <laughs> with, with the Nuggets just winning, mm-hmm. um, how, about the, how about the Kroenke family? <laughs> Three years in a row with the, with the Rams winning a Super Bowl. Right. The Avalanche winning last year. And then the Nuggets this year, three years in a row. Pretty good run. Uh, The center for the Nuggets, uh, Doncic. Nikola Jokic. Nikola Jokic, thank you. They kept calling him. Doncic, I think, is in uh, Dallas. That sounds right, but neither one of us are going to. Yeah. Anyways, (laughs) and really where I was going with was as a non-NBA fan, you're like, that's a guy who is sort of the humble superstar how about you smile, dude? You just won a title. How about you not worried about when the when the parade is? Because I want to go home. I want to go home. <laughs> I get that. Oh, for sure. That's Matt man. in a heartbeat, man. Tournament's oh. over. Can you come over here for the podium? Can, uh, I'm going to the train station. I'll see well, you. when's the next movie theater shooting? Gonna <laughs> right. happen here? Like, oh, sorry about that, Whoops. Matt. <laughs> As you're laughing, Teehee, Matt's yeah, heartless prick. Sorry. <laughs> Um, but that that's a guy who's won two NBA MVPs. He's going to make $45 million. Pretty good, eh? And you compare and contrast that with the Matthews or the McDavid's yeah, or the McKinnons and you go 12.5. peasants. 12.5. <laughs> like, I don't even know how you make rent. 
You guys in here like talking about, wow, I don't know, man. Matthews may make 13 yeah. or 14. Selfish douche. Like I got to put my pinky in the corner of my mouth. One billion dollars. You know, it's just like, oh my God, man. In terms of the, the scope and the spectrum that happens yeah. with with NHL versus the other major sports, right? Jamal Murray, though, bringing the Larry OB to Kitchener. That'll be fun. It will be fun. It matters, man. I can't wait. It's hope, good representation. I, I, I hope it happens with Oktoberfest. Can you make those two things happen together? Yeah. Kitchener with the, they love their Oktoberfest. It's definitely. true, man. I've been down there once or twice for that. It's uh, it's fun. But like that guy has elevated himself to, you know, a, a, I don't know, top 20 player in the league, yeah, Jamal well, Murray. I, and like you get that guy coming into Olympic qualifying and stuff. He was supposed to be there last year, but he blew out. It's MCL, not last year, a couple years ago, ACL, MCL, something like that, and wasn't able to play for Canada, man, he, that guy's a, a difference maker. Well, in, in just in terms of, of what Canada has to offer, and this is a conversation that I'm going to skirt, yeah. I'm, I'm really just going to not, because sure. in terms of the number of players that you could have yeah. between Murray and Wiggins and the other- Childress Alexander. Thank you very much. That's the name I was going to be like- for sure, <laughs> for sure. Um, SGA, Gil, man. Gil, Gil, yeah. And anyways, you could put a very good Canadian mm-hmm. team together, right? And and that's not even mentioning everybody healthy. Oh, what's his face that plays for the uh, the Knicks? Uh, yeah, the the, <laughs> kid, the kid, the father, long time good Canadian guy. Yeah. Anyways, Jay uh, Triano. <laughs> <laughs> But all healthy, Tony House. all healthy, Canada's a podium team. Like if you just looked at the rosters, yeah. ran them down, yeah. we just haven't had it. All healthy and all committed. Right. And anyway. Barrett. The, RJ, RJ Barrett. Barrett. Yes. Thank you. I knew it was, I didn't have the last name. I was like TJ, you know, CJ. TJ Hooker. CM Punk. Yes. Some, <laughs> I, I knew there was a couple letters kicking it off, but I didn't have it. And though. again, nobody's listening to Matt and Rob for their NBA takes. Oh, they're hearing it right now. It's going yeah, great. Well, but all we're all we're doing is I'm just saying in terms of the Cronky family. Yeah, but it was it was the it was the salaries, right? As right. we were talking the about NBA all these big big dollar NHL salaries and what's going to happen in terms of and you talk about Matthews. Mm-hmm. I do. And you know, in four years, whatever it is, you get you sign him for a four year contract, and he's thirty. Mm-hmm. And you're like. We look at 30 so differently than we did I sure five do. years ago, seven years I'm ago. I'm longing to get back there. <laughs> yeah, well. Bad things ahead, man. 30, yeah, the 30s, man. I don't know what you, Matt, and I'm clearly looking at you, so yeah. I'm thinking you probably feel the same way. 30s are good. Good riddance, man. 30s. I love the 40s. 40s were awesome. All right. 30s. Uh, That's the part where you go, I'm in my 20s. I'm young, I'm living it, I'm doing it. And then you get to the thirties and you're like, fuck man, I'm squishy. Got way more over my belt than I thought, right? And you're like, and way, I'm, mu- way more over my belt than I want, not enough in my pocket. Exactly, exactly. Well, because of that, right? Maybe, Whatever shit yeah, in yeah, your yeah. pocket is now over your belt. And you're like, you know what? Now is the forties where you go, I got to buckle down. Yeah. Got to get tight. Big, Actually, got to loosen the buckle. Yeah, I got to get a new belt. Fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> And yeah. so you'll love it. You'll okay. love the 40s. Can't wait. Man, the 40s, it's arrow up. Matt, arrow up. Yeah. All right. Um, the playlist but, is out there. Yeah. The link in the show notes again, if you want to okay, check so out the Okay, so you have published playlist. that now? It is out there on Spotify and, and Apple what? Music. 
This is called, uh, I believe it's called Turning 40. Turning 40 by... Tall Can Audio. Tall Can Audio. And okay. uh, we put the the logo, because there are a couple people who've created Turning 40 playlists. So Shut up. Look at the, uh, most of them have an image, and it's the TCA logo when you're scrolling through. You know that logo? And really, it's easy. The link is in the show notes of what you're listening to right now. It will open up Spotify for you or Apple Music. So Some of the tunes you're going to love. Some of them you will, yeah. Some of them you won't. Yeah. Anyways. That's the way the world works. It really comes down to... We look at Matthew signing for the four years and being 30 years old. And then you look at um, Oliver Ekman Larson getting bought out by the, by the Canucks. Woo. Yeah. Four Spicy. More, four more years left. And they're like, it's going to bring. I love how uh, Patrick Alvin is, is spinning this as such a great thing. We, uh, we would rather pay you $20 million to go away than pay you the 30 to play for us for the next four years. That is going to be on their cap until 2031. Man, I saw that number. I was like, fuck. It does gain them a little cap space this year. And next year, I believe. The first two years, it gives them a little freedom. And then it goes to like two and a half million, two and a half million of dead space on the cap. Then a couple years at four something before dropping back down to two and a half again, riding it out until the end at two, uh, 2031. This guy's going to be... <laughs> On the on their Bobby cap. Bonilla NHL. If version. you go back to, they haven't had a full cap since 2019. Remember the Luongo retirement gave them the recapture penalty for three years, and then they which which Arizona gets a bit of this too. To the uh, yeah, Arizona's getting some blowback because of he signed the contract there. Yeah, so twelve percent or something goes to them. Yeah. Uh, whatever it is that they yeah. had retained or, or whatever. So they have a little dead space. But when you think about it, like, this is going to be 11, 12 years for the Canucks of having, when you go, like I said, go back to Luongo in 2019 to 2021 or 22. And then this year it was uh, two more guys, uh, Braden Holtby, I believe they bought out. And there was another name that escapes you right now. And now. Should have been Erickson, but was not. Yeah, well, he was part of the trade yeah. for Ekman yeah, Larson. Yeah, sure he was. So, and then, ne- yeah, starting next year, Oliver Ekman Larson will be on their cap, but not be playing there until 2031, man. Gross. That's super gross. But I, I loved how it was nothing but rainbows and hey, lollipops in terms of how sunshine, it was. Sunshine, lollipops, yeah. and rainbows. They were, they were spinning that out there like, you know, this is unbelievable oh, for God. us. And you're like, really? I remember being on this show... And debating with you at the time, the merits of the trade. It was I love Eric that guy. It was Oliver Ekman Larson and Connor Garland yep. from Arizona to Vancouver for Louis Erickson, Jay Beagle, and, and Anton Roussel. Anton Roussel, good for you, Matt. Three terrible contracts for Vancouver, but that were all going to expire in one year. If you just waited it out, let yourself be bad for that year. No, Vancouver was going for it. They knew what was up. They were. They had a plan. They trade those contracts, and instead of having one year of pain, it's pain till 2031 now. Well, and that's providing you don't have any other mishaps. You mean Tyler Myers? In the next eight years. You might be buying out. Yes. Well, exactly. But it's interesting because Ekman Larson is 32. Now, his career, the the trajectory, at least points-wise... Was just a steady incline. Yep. Until he arrived in Vancouver. Well, until he hit literally age 30. 
And I've never seen, we always talk about when you get into your 30s, you know, we've talked about it quite a bit with John Tavares, right? We've talked about it with a lot of guys that there is a decline that starts to come. It's sooner than people think. Don't sign long-term deals, you know, into the mid to late 30s. But that's a three or four year, like three or four years ago. That's when yeah. that really That's what I mean, though. It, his, it, it, all those years in Arizona, and you're looking at those numbers, and you're looking at his analytics, going, man, what a player. Like, fucking, nobody's talking about this guy anywhere near enough because of where he's playing. And then he gets to Vancouver at age 30, and he had already started to decline. That's why I remember being so irate about that trade and how stupid it was. Yeah. And he just, now you can't even play him. But you're talking about a 55-point guy who's now never touched 30 points, I think, right. in, in, in Vancouver. And but like, he's 32. And he'll get a deal. Like, someone will play him again. Toronto. I, God, I hope not. But if you are, like, if you're looking at, I, I remember you and I talking after Minnesota did the Parise and Suter buyouts. And I think we both liked what Dallas gave him. I think it was like three million bucks a year for three years or something like that. Yeah, well, you Corey go, Perry's running around at a million bucks. Right. But all I was going to say is, like, that was a reasonable... It wasn't that Ryan Suter had suddenly become terrible. It just, he wasn't worth that anymore. And they needed some flexibility and had to get out for the rest of that. And then Dallas gives him a pretty nice little con. If you give even that to Ekman Larson, you've gone too far already. Like, this for a year has to be 1.5. Show show me me what you can still do. Uh, Man, like, the, 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 the distance he has fallen... Is brutal. Right. So we're talking now, if you look at, I was reading something last night on Eric Carlson. Okay. He of the 101 point season, four more years, again, similar. Suddenly on the same page with management, ready to be traded. Right. So you're talking about, so Ekman Larson had, it was like 8.25, 8.5, somewhere around there, right? Yeah, In terms yeah. of the, and then you, you cut that down in the buyout, but he's 32 and yeah. people are like, Psh. Fucking 32, man. The guy's old. Old as fuck. Old, and I can't I can't do anything with that. <laughs> you are talking about a 33-year-old Eric Carlson mm-hmm. making 11.5 for four more years. And I know they're not talking about buying him out, but you are talking about trading mm-hmm. for this guy. And so it's just in terms of the 30-year-old Austin Matthews, as we work our way into the new, you know, 2020s of the NHL, what that looks like Guy's in terms had a of what injuries too, a couple yeah devastating injuries right and and in the first three years he's been in in San Jose, fuck he was in the wilderness. Sorry, I meant Austin Matthews. Oh okay, yeah, sorry, yeah. yeah back back problems. And had a shoulder, shoulder thing shoulder, now yeah. a wrist thing. Yeah. It's... And so when you look at at the Carlson thing and Carlson's a year older than Ekman Larson. Mm-hmm. Now, I understand OEL was never Eric Carlson, right? But he was a very good defenseman yep. for years, and you go, you have four more years. Who Unplayable. Was, well, who was taking that? Who was taking that Carlson money? Well, the difference, of course, is that Carlson just had one of his best years ever. Maybe his. Well, point, maybe his best year ever. Points wise, yes. And Ekman Larson has worst. Yeah, but I'm just saying in terms of thirty. They needed years to old. trade Carlson last year. They had while all the hype was there. Look at this guy. That was your chance. Well, as soon as he wins the Norris Trophy. I'm just, I'm less interested now than I was. You know, now you have to convince me again. Can you well, do it again? Still, We're starting four years right. as opposed to the four and a half when you wanted him last year. Yeah. I, I just. It's true. It, but I'm saying he was doing it last year. I'm getting that Carlson for at least one playoff run. Now yeah. I don't know what. Do I get the two years ago Carlson or do I get the one year ago yeah. Carlson? Well, and I'm fascinated by 
And in the article I'm reading, they said many teams, and mm-hmm. then it said it sort of listed Edmonton as interested last year. Yes, but you got to know, you got to know San Jose. You're getting Kyler Yamamoto back <laughs> if if that's the case. In terms sorry. of, I'm sorry, who <laughs> is that? Not his name, Yamamoto. Yeah, you used to say it a lot more fun. That's Yamamoto! <laughs> Thank you. Come on, man. Well, as soon as you said that, I'm like, is his name coming? No, I'm just like, looking for a little more. Rob drops a name. A little something here. You're finishing up that 7% yeah. beer there. Yeah, well, I'm waiting for the next one. A little more energy. you're breaking the show here. Um, Never. <laughs> but yeah, I would look for Kyler Yamamoto. Yep. Yamamoto. <laughs> to to be on the move, right? Like that to me is, he's, he's just, he's calling out for a buyout. So San Jose... If you're still looking for, how about taking that 8 million bucks in actual salary next year, sending it down there and having Carlson come back and. Man. But that guy, you don't want that guy on your team. I don't, I don't think if you're Edmonton, that's not what they need. Just think of what it does to that already all time power play. Yeah. Well, I think. Eric Carlson suddenly teeing up McDavid and. Yeah. But I think he, he brings a whole, in terms of your BDE, I think it's. The big dick energy goes right off the fucking charts, man. When you're, <laughs> when you're talking about having Dreisaitl and you're talking about McDavid and you're talking about Carlson, you're like, man, I don't know what's happening here, right? Yeah, it's, yeah. you're going to, it's going to have some supercharged triangular thing there. Tips touching. I don't know. It's. Yikes. <laughs> okay. Now it's time for that beer break. <laughs> Oof. That's gone off the rails. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what we're talking about anymore. <laughs> yeah, you do. Yeah, I do. You're just uncomfortable. <laughs> we should probably talk a little bit about the actual Stanley Cup champions. We'll get to that in a second. But first, beer. Oh, well, I'm back to the same. Oh, okay. Now, it, it was, to me, it was juicy. It was smooth drinking right to the very end. So I was quite happy with that. I, I would drink that again and... To me, clearly the results are top notch. It's not that boozy. It's good. What about you? Will you have you moved on or yeah, I can't imagine you're going back to back, back to back sours. Uh, no, definitely not. Uh, I was just taking a look here. I had forgotten the, uh, the, the term I was looking for. This is another one though. I'm back to kick and push. Uh, that uh, we mentioned Charbet last Lake. week. Finally got to there. The uh, booming metropolis of Charlotte Lake. Uh, this is their Mexican lager, the term I was, Cerveza. Cerveza was exactly the term I was looking for that was escaping me in the moment. Should have asked, man. It's called the, uh, MX 287. That's a soccer. There's a, yeah. I guess. It's got a soccer reference. I know that much. See, I didn't know what, I knew it must be referencing something, but I did zero research. So. Mexico. Yeah. Uh, thank you. <laughs> That helps. I, I had a pretty good handle on what the MX was all about. Oh, sorry. <laughs> so, uh, 4.7%, but, uh, this one, I don't know, man. I've had a couple of different Mexican loggers over the last couple uh, summers. Enjoying almost all of them, man. Oh, okay. They're hitting me quite nicely. Sorry, I, was, I know I was, you were going to take that somewhere nah, else, but. I'm not loving them. No, I'm off. I've been getting all in on that. So. Urine in a glass. Sorry, kick a bush. Yeah, honestly. We're going to find out. It's the survey, it's the Mexican lager that I'm not, that I'm down on. It's the, it's a style of beer. I just, I. Oh, that's nice. Okay. See, yeah. and, and there's that's something to be beer. said. That is a summer beer. Okay. And, and I referenced at the top of the show, um, Slake. Yep. It, it was just a pale ale. Yep. 
Not your India, not your New England or West Coast. It was just a pale ale. And it, to me, tasted like a summer beer. Right there yeah. was there wasn't it wasn't looking to be too. You don't hoppy. always know how to describe it, but you know it when you drink it. You go that it's a dark beer. That's a dark beer. That's a patio beer. Yeah, that's a whatever. And a to me, I drank it, beer. and I'm like, okay, uh, uh, it's not it's not too hoppy. They're not trying to be hazy. There's not too much citrus or juiciness. Yeah. It's just a beer. And and sometimes, man, this one's good. Yeah, and it's sometimes as sort of uh, off the cuff and backhanded as that may sound. Sometimes. That's exactly That's what, what you're, you're looking, looking for, for six of on a, a week, uh, a six, weekend afternoon. Six, or, eight, man, yeah. six. It's a good start laying down a base. Yeah. Honestly, my, my birthday last week, my yeah. day drinking is just, it's hard to transition when you, when you go. <laughs> Into what? Your night drinking? Or yeah. <laughs> well, and again, so the brother-in-law shows up. Boo. Sorry. No, no. no. Yeah, sorry. I, sorry. I, I, I like him. Oh, right. Um, What's that like? Yeah, it's, it's, it's actually quite nice. <laughs> And, uh, I, I hand him over beer. He's like, oh, I wasn't. Does he listen? Is he going to understand? I'm not booing your brother-in-law. <laughs> uh, he does. Okay. He does occasionally. He's, okay. he's in and out. Yeah. Sometimes he loves what we say. It's just the term that triggers me. I yeah. Think. Sometimes <laughs> he thinks we're a pair of dinks. Well, that's uh, fair. Yeah, it's totally fair. That's what I told him. I'm like, I get that in my own house. Um, but yeah, I handed him a beer and he's like, oh, I was, I wasn't thinking about cracking one right at. 11 and he's already cracked it. And so I'm like, yeah, sorry for your rubber arm. Right. And so, yeah, you go, okay, you know, four or five beers in an afternoon. Then you go, what's your evening look like? Uh, It's either bed. Yeah. Something to eat and going to bed or I'm. Another four or five. Yeah, another four or five. (laughs) We're just going to keep on rocking here. This is how this goes. Yeah. But your cerveza, good for you. I'm enjoying this one, man. Nice. I'm yep. glad, man. On the way back to are, the lake, we'll be stopping in Sharpet Lake again. Are you a lime in your surveys, no, guy, or not. not? No, of course not. That screams of effort, extra steps. I want to open the can and start drinking well, and, immediately. And, and, and cramming the, the Cram. wedge of... <laughs> cramming. Cram the wedge of lime into a can? <laughs> yeah, doesn't, no, it's not It doesn't the same. hold the same no. as, I'm going to just push this into my long neck bottle and, and sort of have everything rifle through it, but all right. Yeah. A Mexican lager. When uh, Tim Baines was in here last week, he was suggesting that had the pod debuted a, a decade or two earlier, we would have been forced to call it short, stubby brown bottle audio. And f- at first I wasn't sure <laughs> what he was uh, maybe referring to, but I stayed with it long enough yeah, to, yeah, to figure so, it out. So. Just, you what are you know, saying to me, Tim? You don't know me. <laughs> This is your first visit here, man. You well, can't be. Yeah. And so he's a guy who can harken back to the Rough Rider days. I think he said he came down to Ottawa in the late 80s. 88, I believe, yeah. And so back in those days with the old pre-renovation Lansdowne Park, mm-hmm. there was never enough urinals. And so there were in those days, and everyone who, who's been there or been around these sorts of things will understand, you used to have the sort of half-circle sinks Somebody would come and yeah. put the foot on a pedal yep. and you just sort of wash your hands there as it sort of sprays out of this. Well, guess what happens when the urinals yep. start, to, when the, when the urinals start to get too full and you guess what, man, I'm pissing in the sink. Just washing your hands at the same yeah, time. Exactly. Well, I, I, I Saving stood, time. I stood next to the same guy having to piss over there. <laughs> Why would I not stand next to him here? Right. Although there is that whole wash here, foul over there. It's fair, yeah. I think it is fair. Yeah. 
I think it is fair. Uh, since I'm, the whole football team was pretty foul, it was it was okay to uh, to get away with for there. decades, man, decades. Uh, we have an NHL team that has existed for literally, literally, literally less than zero decades. Who is already a Stanley Cup champion? That feels that feels pretty good for a fan who's been waiting. Well, the four, long four wait now. is over. <laughs> yeah, the whole six years. <laughs> Uh, the Vegas Golden Knights beat the Florida Panthers in was it five games, uh, grabbed their first championship on Saturday night. It looked like they were having a pretty good time at their parade down uh, down the strip, man. What an awesome place to, to have a Stanley Cup parade. I honestly, as you know, didn't get that engaged in this championship. Of course, when it became clear they were going to wrap, was it 9-3 or whatever it was, the oh, final was terrible, game. terrible, man. I didn't watch, I, and I love the handing off of the cup. Yeah, I circled back for that, right? I always make sure I check that out, but I didn't watch very much of the series, but I don't know, man. The, the Foley, Bill Foley, who owns the team, when he came in, said, we're going to win a championship in our first six years. I think and, he said, I want to win. I, okay. I, I expect to win right. in the first six years. Sort of like uh, when the president came out and said, "Within by the end of this decade, we're going to the moon, and they hadn't even started looking into it. At some point, you throw your hat over the wall, man, and <laughs> we're doing this shit. Uh, Bill Foley gets himself a championship in his sixth year. Now, I don't think any of us, it's total revisionist history for people who complain about how unfair the draft was and how good the players were they got to take. There was no one who looked at that roster after it was picked and went, that is a Western Conference champion. Yeah. Um, that's complete revisionist history. And they have been ruthless ever since. If there was an upgrade to be made, they would make it. They have essentially ignored the cap, which to me, to their credit, right? We're going to make this happen. Whatever we got. If Mark Stone's going to miss the last three months of the season, every season, to, and then start. They skated by, around with a $98 million cap right. in the playoffs. They've done everything it takes to win a championship, and they got it done quickly. Um, and easily. It sure looked pretty easy at times, yeah, especially in the final. Uh, in year six, the Vegas Golden Knights, man, you can take that wherever you want to take it. The series, what it says about yeah. the league, anything, man. And, and really it is that, and, and I talked about it a couple weeks ago, I said to you, Vegas in five, I think I said on the show, Vegas in short, and this isn't about me. It's just to me that the long layoff between Carolina sweeping Carolina and making it in felt like too long for a team that was really riding on big Mo at Mo and fairy dust, right? Like it just had that when they beat the Bruins in seven coming back from three, one down and then beating the Leafs in in five And then you they swept the Hurricanes. Yep. So you beat the teams with the f- best record, second best record, fourth best record. Yep. And then you go to come to the fifth place team, fifth best record, and you have nothing. Like, it just goes to show how much it has to do with that momentum and that fairy dust. And that, that long break was just debilitating. You can't tell me that Vegas who was so far superior to Florida in the final mm-hmm. was that, that much that, superior that, that Toronto, than Boston, that Toronto wasn't that much better or right. like it just, to me, it's one of those things where you go, yeah, shit's rolling, shit's rolling. And you feel like, oh, I think this break is bad. And so in terms of 
of all that, it's Florida is that Cinderella where you go, Mom, my foot's way too fat to fit in that fucking shoe now. <laughs> right? Like It's, it's swollen just, from all this dancing I've been doing. And man, it's not getting and in you, that just, slipper. you just look at it and you go, and Bobrovsky was? Yeah. Well, he was non-Vezina Bobrovsky. Yeah. Like, A guy we've become pretty familiar for with. For sure. And so... <laughs> It's too bad you couldn't have traded him <laughs> sort of somewhere through the middle of the third round. You go, I'm going to do I? Because exactly. you asked on this podcast, whether it was last week or the yeah. week before, you're like, hey, man, can you suddenly get, interested? Can you get out of that contract? And you're like, womp, womp, womp. No, you can't. And it's just one of those things where now everybody, in terms of that cop, copycat, they talk about the NHL being this copycat league. Mm-hmm. And, the, and so this talk of, well, you look at that defense and, you know, big mobile defenseman. That's the new thing. And you're like, is that the new it's thing? It's not that new. No, this is it, right? And you're like, and then you go, okay, wait, you go back to just virtually every team that's won it in the past six years, all the way back to Washington. You're like, to St. Louis. Yeah. And you're like, fuck it, man. That's, that's big space eating defensemen, whether they're uber physical or not. That's always been the thing. Like, I've sat here and talked about analytics and skill on the blue line, all that stuff. But it's never been, like, if you work your way down the, lad- down the ladder, big and skilled is better than small and skilled. With Small and skilled is better than big and bad. Like Big, big and non-skilled. Big and non-talented, right? So everyone understands that if you can find talented defensemen who are also large, that's awesome. That's never been in question. It's just Are you kidding me? When you Let's get to that. comparing the guy who's five foot ten and hundred and ninety pounds, but actually good at hockey, and you go, No, give me six five, two thirty-five, and can't skate or carry the puck. That's called the late nineties. That's just terrible management, right? And so Vegas had built a very talented blue line that was good at getting the puck up and out of their zone. And yeah, there wasn't a ton of of super physical guys on that blue line, but there was no room, right? You can't get around them. You can't right. make a pass. And so I can skate around behind the net. I can come down the boards. I just can't get inside the dots. Right. Which is kind of where you need to be. So yeah, yeah it, it's, I, I don't think, um, I think we talked about it midway through the season that Vegas hadn't yet quite shown us everything they had. I think, I remember talking about well, they the had fact seventeen that, million dollars of salary cap just sort of lying around. And they, yeah, and but they had battled some injuries, right? Eichel yep. had been out a bit, Stone had been out a bit. Um, you know, they'd had some issues. Uh, Petrangelo was actually out for a while as well. Yep. Once they got everybody back and playing, and I don't really want to hear about the salary cap shit because everybody does it now. And but I think they need to fix that moving forward. Fine, but they haven't now. Yeah, so yeah, no, Vegas no. Is I, I am not bitching about it. Yeah. Tampa, all those things, right? But, right. But you do need to fix that moving forward. Um, Jack Eichel. First. Yep. First eight, what? Eight digit salary winner of a Stanley Cup. Ring, yep. And I want, and that was going to get. I, I've always talked about that and he's now, now that bubble has burst. It, but it's just never mattered. I'm sorry. It's, well, it's never mattered, but it's never happened. It's percentage. That the, you can't say $10 million player when the cap is at 82 and also say $10 million player when the cap is at 76. <laughs> 10 is arbitrary. It has to be percentage of the cap because the cap keeps moving. That's my point. Is, yeah, yeah, yeah. So but, that was going to break this year either way because it was either going to be Eichel or Bobrovsky. So, um, yeah, for sure. For sure it was. And, and that's all I'm saying is 
is it does come to an end and there has to be a reason whether you're valuing it on an on a percentage of the cap well that's the only part that's relevant well but if you have two guys making beyond 10 million you have three guys making beyond 10 million well petrangelo's at nine and a bit like do you want to and stone's at nine five yeah we are talking though about guys with eight digit salaries uh, as we move kind of off of this, I was curious about what this says, if anything, about Gary's vision for hockey in the South. And I don't remember if it was with you or with Bunda or someone else that I talked about Bunda, this. Bunda, I think. If he would let go of Arizona and just admit it didn't fucking work, like he did with Atlanta, he eventually had to just go, oh, they're going back to Atlanta. Apparently they're not done with Atlanta. We'll see how that plays out. But you would be able to say it's been an overwhelming success. Tampa has built a, an amazing franchise. What Carolina does is incredible. Nashville and the fan base they've built there. Vegas is a champion, and like you brought up a week or two ago about them considering themselves a hockey city, and rightly so at this point. Dallas won a championship upon arriving and is built into a steady franchise. San Jose is for the longest time, like they're struggling a bit now that they're rebuilding, but that happens to a lot of franchises. They were sold out. They had like a league record for yeah, the number Ducks, of the Ducks are the team that I would I really look to there and go. But how to? Ch- but they have a championship as well, yep, for sure. But I'm just saying, Kings in terms are of, stable. Like yep, his and some of these I understand came in before Gary, but it was a big part of his movement when he came in in '92 or '93. Said it's got to be. Everywhere, if we're going to get a national TV footprint, right? The, the, yeah. These these big national TV deals don't show up if you're leaving out half the country, right? And so, yeah, to get into yeah, Dallas and Tampa and Miami and LA and San Jose and the Phoenix area and Vegas, the Phoenix area, that hasn't worked quite as well. And that's my point, right? If yeah. you had to just let go of that, you would have no choice, no matter how smug I think that guy is to go, that's worked beautifully, man. Hockey in the South is... A success. I don't think there's any yeah. way around that at this point. Yeah. In terms of it used to be, you would sort of say like flashbacks six years ago, right? And you'd say, which are the franchises you'd say, oh, who wants to see blank rolling into town on a Tuesday in February, right? right? Yeah. Panthers would, would be on that list. Pan- Carolina would yes. be on that, on that list, right? In terms of, of places where you go, nobody gives a shit, right? Right. And and Arizona is still on that list. Yes. And and so you say to yourself, what he has done, yeah, no. And I have no issue with 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 Southern hockey. When he's looking at I want to be in all the big markets, the big media markets, mm-hmm. the big TV markets in the United States, I gotta be there. Right. And that's why that Phoenix is one of the I, biggest markets. I, this is it. I'm clinging. And and if the only thing is uh, as I'm sort of fingernails in that Phoenix market and I'm looking, I'm looking over my shoulder. I'm looking West. I'm looking to Houston. Or, yeah. Up to Salt Lake east, city, apparently. East, east, I guess. I'm not sure. My, 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 my Southwest. <laughs> I guess it's East. Yeah. yeah I guess it's East. Uh, but I'm looking, I'm looking at Houston going, <laughs> if I got to, if I got to fall, can I, yeah. A cushy landing over here. Can I land there in, in what is another large media market. But I, I think they will always, Gary will always look to the media footprint in that in that Phoenix area, right? There was a long time where we're, I was absolutely part of it, looking down my nose at Southern hockey. They didn't care. It wouldn't, like Nashville, and it wasn't fair. Like Nashville had a shit team 
in the under the old expansion rules, right? And and it takes time. Don't talk to us about that. <laughs> sure, but it takes time to build up a fan base. When you go there now, and the things that they do, and you hear them singing and chanting after every goal, yep. and they got the Tim McGraw goal song. That's a big part of like they've. Created, I like it. I love it. I, can't I want get some of those more of scoring. it. Yeah, exactly. Good, like whatever works in your market, and it is. And now. The Panthers, you know who what? had been a bit of an embarrassment for a while still, apparently by all reports, this has been good for them. They have increased their their season ticket um, base. base already. Uh, they have already got some more marketing dollars coming in just from taking this run and getting on center stage. We talked about Matt Kachuk being on that TNT panel and what an awesome job he did. Like, all of that was gravy for the Panthers. And they were probably the ones other than... The Coyotes that you just said, it's the weak sister. It just hasn't worked. Maybe it's where you built the arena. Maybe it's that the team's been shit forever. It just hasn't worked. But now they've, shit forever. they've taken a run like this, yeah. right? And and they get on that list now with, you know, we'll see how they can, how they can capitalize on it and stabilize themselves. But man, m- most of those franchises across the South have had enough success and then over enough time that you look at them now and go, they're probably not moving, right? Dallas isn't moving. San Jose is not moving. Tampa ain't moving. Nashville is not moving. They're they're solid. Yeah. They're hockey markets now. Wow. And if you talk about Gary and his vision and how you- Bro, stick to nutrition. <laughs> <laughs> how you, how you want That's to- inside. Yeah. How you want to sort of move around and, and how your media deals sort of- they rise and they fall sure. and whatever, and you make it over onto Comcast and then you're over to wherever they're going and you've come back to ESPN and you have the Turner deal. Mm-hmm. To have the, to have Matthew Kachuk show up on the TNT NBA panel. Yeah. And kill it. And kill it. Like it's, it's. That is everything the NHL wants, right? Like that is the, no matter what Fox or ESPN or, or anybody, CBS versus does on the, on the, on the NFL broadcast, the TNT NBA panel, cream of the crop, cream of the crop. So any chance that the NHL gets to go, we get a little rub here and rub is the exact word I'm looking (laughs) for, right? I'm going to get a little bit of this. And then to hear Charles Barkley talking about. Jack Eichel blowing him off in the hotel lobby, right? <laughs> um, those are the kind of things that that Gary just gives Gary insta wood. Yes. Right? Like in his little in his And little, at his age, like good for you, man. One hundred percent, man. A full four and a half <laughs> strong. Right? And you just sort of go, that's it, man. That's what that is what he is looking for. Yeah, and yeah. and so when you talk about Turner. That's again, man, that is that Atlanta market and, 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 yep. and what a large, not just metro area and, and, but it's a media center, right? In terms of, of what Atlanta brings in terms of what comes out of there media wise, it's, that's what you look at and you go, the rest of us, I was going to say casual hockey fans. I don't, <laughs> think, I don't think you and I fall into that, No, but you look and go, fuck, really? Atlanta Flames, are we going to get that again? That's how Quebec City's getting their team back. Well, Atlanta you... had a team. It moved to Canada, up in Calgary. All Atlanta right, had a team, right. moved Matt... to Winnipeg. <laughs> back to Atlanta. Strong. The hope is strong. Back to Atlanta, Quebec City, buckle up. Give it a decade or so, you'll have a team back. <laughs> and how do you feel about 34 NHL franchises? 
I don't really care. Seems like a lot, though, no? Yeah. But like I mean, nobody else has gone to 34. No, that's that's true. And you use big rosters, right? Like your roster is bigger than an NBA roster and they're still at 30. And But it does seem like the talent pool continues to grow enough that... Well, it's global. And yeah. I, I think it's, it's likely more global it, than any of the other big four. Yeah, when say? they moved from... That's, it, that's interesting. Basketball, you know, pretty big in South America, pretty big across Europe. Yeah, too. yeah. And Germany, I, you're, Spain. You're right. The Euro, the Euro leagues, right? Yeah. It's true. That would be the only other one I would put on that level. Baseball, not really yet. No. They're trying. They are international, but yeah. it's from small Dominican, you know, sort of Caribbean. and Yeah, other than Japan, that's it, right? Like No, and, and the basketball one is is a good point, right? It's it's huge in, in South America, and it's huge in the Italian Europe, leagues, yep. the Spanish leagues. So Yeah, Lithuania and yeah. Germany. Even oh, and that former, that whole sort of former Yugoslavia, yes, and the former USSR. The and yeah. it's, it's huge there. You're right. You're right. So I, I will. I, sometimes I just open my mouth and it comes out. <laughs> but that's nice. That, and then that, we call it a podcast. And we, <laughs> eight years later. We post it again. Here yeah. we are. Yeah. So uh, as I said to Lever Sage, can't help you create a hit. I can just help you. Yeah, mediocrity. A little mediocrity. Sometimes you know what, Matt? Yeah. Sometimes that is that it's is not. all you can ask for on a week to week basis. Yeah, come on, man. They can't all be Picassos. <laughs> Waiting for the first one. <laughs> um, that's all I got on hockey. I don't know if you have any thoughts on the Jays as we sit here right now, uh, up six nothing on uh, on the Rangers. It hasn't been a great road trip so far. They went one and two in Baltimore. They had split the first two in Texas. They're going to to face the Marlins, who have been better than people expected. But you got to have that series now. Top of the fifth, it's six five. Oh, of course it is. <laughs> so as I said, it hasn't been a great road trip. We'll see how this is going to come loose. I I don't know how much you have on the Jays, man. I, I it, to me, not a whole lot's changed since last week. Pretty inconsistent. Um, Matt Chapman has gone off a cliff based he's a on black how he hole started. In the yeah. lineup. Man, oh man. George Springer, though, over his last 30 games, up batting around 296. He's uh, so he's coming together. Vlad, you're still sort of waiting on what well, Vladdy uh Vladdy is I look at him and the the amount of one-handed swing swings where he ends up with just one hand on the bat. Yeah. yeah. And you're like, fuck man, he looks so much like his old man, but not the good. Yeah, Vlad late, Senior, late Vlad Senior, just swinging at shit in the dirt, swinging at shit your he's eyeballs. He's for sure. He's expanding and he's chasing a little bit because he's not getting much to hit, and it's just and it's and, his a lot of his like his contact numbers, his hard hit rates, like when he's making contact, a lot of it doesn't look that different. Not just from twenty twenty two, but from twenty twenty one. But he's getting way less to hit, and he's chasing it, and yeah. his his walk rates are way down, right. and that's the big difference. He he he's not showing that patience. Like if you don't want to give me something to hit, then I'll just go take first base. He's not doing that this year. See, and he is he is the he is the analytics darling in reverse, right? In terms of he's the guy when they look at him, they go, oh, you look at his his hard hit ball rate and his like everything is up 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 up. Yet the results are down, down, yeah, down, down. His process down. right now is amazing. All the process numbers that say what should he change, he should change nothing, but it's not working. <laughs> well, and and as you said, and it's funny because this weekend with um, them playing the Rangers, yeah, 
And um, anybody see, get jaw jacked out there? Well, and <laughs> Odua running around. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but still, still to this day, man. Outside of the front street, out on uh, on George Street in Peterborough, I've never seen somebody get hit that hard and not go down. <laughs> love but you, Joey Bats. Joey Bats taking that standing in the there. knees, the knees buckled, <laughs> but he stayed up, and I still love that. Yeah. I, I still got time for you, Joey Bats. <laughs> Forget about the bat flip; it's yeah. that shot you took, lost the shades, <laughs> but you stayed up, buddy. Wow. Um. So, but it's 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 Marcus Simeon, and and so Simeon being here for that forty-seven homer. Yeah. Uh, season and and him saying, and that's what it comes down to for him. He said, "A the the arc and the trajectory was so severe for Vladdy." He's like, anytime somebody says an eight fifty OPS isn't good enough, he right. says, "I laugh at that." Yeah, but the reality is, he's not selective enough. Yeah, right. So you can have all that. I'm barreling it up. I'm my balls in the air. My hard hit balls. All those things, but the chase. The chase rate is just. If you go back to 2021, 25% of, because if you remember for a while now, we've, and it's still not totally gone away. The amount of balls he was hitting over the top of, right? Grounding out on. Yep. So in 2021, when he would make contact, his fly balls to the outfield, 25% of the time were home runs. This year it's 12%. That's a huge, that's half, right? Of That's a Debrinkette-esque. Right. When you, yeah, most posts hit in the season. Shooting percentage <laughs> way down. So when he's getting them to the outfield, you know, forget whether it's home or away. It doesn't matter. This is just season long. Yeah. It's dropped to 12% of what it was in terms of those carrying it. So what is that, right? The trajectory is still there. Um, I did see, I think it was Arden Zwelling reported that, uh, um, one of the Blue Jays coaches, an unnamed member of the Blue Jays coaching staff, wondered whether they were getting the, the not the same balls that Aaron Judge were getting was getting thrown into him during his season last year, right? Yeah. If we tinkered with some things, I don't know. That's just a, a conspiracy. But, you know, when you look at, at his, all his numbers, they all say, you're doing fine, but it's just, it's not falling in, right? Shit's getting caught or... Hard hit balls hitting gloves. Yeah. Ah. Yeah, I don't and, know, man. And yeah. they need him to get going. They so, but what he, what is he in your opinion? Is he twenty twenty one? Is he twenty twenty two? Is well, he we've only seen one at twenty twenty one. We've seen three of twenty twenty, twenty twenty two, and now twenty twenty three. Right. Right. And and so he's he's due, which for, is still well above average, but not. MVP. But this lineup needs him to be hundred percent, man. Way closer to twenty twenty one. Well, and. It, what are you doing behind him? Like, I don't know how much you should have to worry about protecting Vladdy, but you got Belt now on the IL. You got Chapman who can't hit for shit at the moment. It's the white shoes, man. There's Fucking like the white shoes. <laughs> you know, is it, does he miss Teo? Well, right? Like, I don't and, know who's and, this year league average hitter. Yeah. And let's be honest when they talk about putting a contact hitter in Kirk behind him. Yeah. That's fucking terrible. That's a double play waiting to happen. 100%. Bro. Like, I'm not sure what, if you have. Uh, Our show's hitting well the last month or this month. Well, when you see Springer again, and Merrifield in the one, two spot. Yeah. Right. Which is kind of where they've gone. Yep. And then you have Bichette, Vladdy. Merrifield's and it, been better than I expected this year. Uh, 100% he has. Yeah. Um, but it is still one of those things where you're like, Kirk is not giving him, he's not what you need because he's not legging out anything. No. Right, and I don't care if you can tell me he's had nine infield hits <laughs> this year, which I don't know what's happening. Run, you little bastard! <laughs> well, and he's got the little hands like a little like he's hitting a drum. 
Um, so I'll tell you what he reminds me of as we refer back to that uh, that turning forty playlist. I was listening to a Kid Rock song the other day. I'm thinking of Joe C. Yeah, okay. <laughs> that's what Kirk reminds yes. me. Yes, and and that is not the man. That that is not what you need in the middle of your lineup, right? In terms of speed and power, because Kirk's not hitting you a pile of home runs either, right? No, no. You are looking for singles and hopefully doubles, right? That is, and it's just. Nobody stretches a double into a single like Kirky does. <laughs> and so it's just, and as Kiermaier has sort of cooled. Yeah. Still killing it defensively, but not quite what he had been on at the Right. Point. And so and when you look at that early season with, with Chapman and Kiermaier both being off the charts, kind of, kind of good, right? It's hard. Bo's still been Bo, but it's, it's hard to watch, man. When this team turns out two, three runs. Every night. Yeah, that pitching staff has been elite and they've had to be. At some point, well, what you, you got to let them off the hook. Right. right? What like, are you hearing about Manoa? You hearing anything? Yeah, there was a little bit of talk that he's thrown uh, two different appearances to actual batters, right? Like cause the first simulated start, there's just a guy standing yep. there. He's not actually swinging. Uh, and he's gone 75 pitches a couple times, but they're not giving you much, right? Like they, they're, he's they clearly down there. To, yeah. yeah, they're clearly trying to get him out of the spotlight, rebuild him. Manage the message. But there's no talk at all about, you know, maybe we'll send him to AAA here next or maybe he'll be back. Like, I think there's a chance. That's a, that's a July or later? I, I would imagine, yeah. Like, yeah. I think you're at least a month away and maybe longer. Like, they really want to make sure if whatever they've got happening here, whatever they have to rebuild, um, gets completely rebuilt. And I, I can't remember who I was reading it. It might have been Ben Nicholson Smith there on Sportsnet that was saying they were hearing at the end of last season through September, other managers, other pitching coaches were saying, "What's going on with Manoa?" Like, and he was still grinding through it, right? He was still playing well, and maybe as fans, we weren't really because you know you're in a playoff race, and we weren't really noticing. But there were other people in baseball saying that guy does not look the same as he did right. going into the All Star game, and. Coming into this year, all of them went, yeah, could see that coming, right? That He said he's got some sources that have said to him, this is not, maybe surprised that he's gone all the way down to be rebuilt, right. but not surprised that he was struggling. And so I, I well, that we, lends some credence to the talk you and I had a week or two ago, but it's not a pitch clock thing. That's that's too simple right. of a, a reaction. This was already happening last year in the eyes of people who knew what they were looking at. Well, and this is one of those things where... When it comes to the Blue Jays in this country, you have to look hard to get other sources of yeah. of unbiased information, yep. right? Like we are so dependent on sports, Sportsnet. Sportsnet, <laughs> right? And, and just in terms of of the volume of info, right? And and the people who are tied in, whether it's be whether it's Arden Zwelling, Shai yeah. Davidi, yeah. all these people, right? Who are you you look to as experts, man, they're tied to the brand. It was Phillips, I think, now that I think about it, on TSN, who doesn't obviously work for the Sportsnet Rogers brand. Yeah, I think yep. he's the one, actually, who had said. You can't actually say his name without saying former Mets GM, right. Steve I Phillips. So. so we'll see what happens, man. He's a, a big piece, and, and it'll, like, they can't who, go into. Who pitches first for the Toronto Blue Jays, Hunjin Ryu or Alec Manoa? <laughs> DJ versus Shelton. Um, I'm going to say Ryu. Okay, I'm Matt. That's a ballsy call, my man, and I love it. 
I love it. I think you could see him right after the All-Star break, potentially. Like, he's already throwing off the mound down in... Uh, uh, down in Dunedin. And I'm excited about that. I'm not like the, I've heard some people say, don't be shocked if you don't see Manoa again this season. Okay. So. I've also heard some people saying quite often you're better coming off of Tommy John than you are going into yep. it. Yep. And, uh, an extra mile, an hour or two for Ryu wouldn't, uh, be the worst thing in the world. Well, and so. if you can keep some of that, some of that early on control and location. Yeah. No, a hundred percent. Right. It, it was just. It, I can remember we've talked about this before. Stoughton would report all the time in his work, you know, at 92, 93, Ryu was dominating people at 91, he was getting hit around. Like it, when you are throwing yeah. that low, it matters, right? You need that extra mile an hour or two. And you're right. Lots of people have said coming off Tommy John, you kind of get that little tick up in, well, in velocity. And for so the lay baseball. You should just get that as soon as you're drafted. I want to, I want to now, <laughs> just get me the Tommy I want to go and get the Tommy John, both, both arms. <laughs> right. Let's do this shit. Um, but it's, it's funny because for the lay baseball fan who just goes, get up and throw the ball, yeah. right? Throw the ball and throw it hard or throw it, do whatever. That two miles an hour difference on your, whatever the pitch Fuck is. It matters. Man. It's huge. Yeah. And you think, okay, it's 94 versus 96. Who cares? Yeah. There's a reason they use 95 as that split, right? <laughs> because then it's just, it's a huge difference. Yep. And so when you have somebody who is as crafty and, and has the tools that the Ryu has, man, to me, that is, I am super interested to see what he could do if reinserted late July yeah. into that starting rotation. We're going to put that out to the good listener. Check us out on Twitter at Talk and We will run a poll on, uh. Run Ryu versus Manoa, who throws another pitch for the Jays first. I like that, man. Okay. Anything else? Um, I, I just think I hearken back to um, Saturday night. You sending me a text saying, pretty late, pretty late on topics this week. I'm, yeah. not, sure, I'm not sure what we're going to do. How, I also I, said I'm not worried about it. Yeah. How are Matt, how are Matt and Rob going to take down an hour and a half of whatever? Edutainment. Edutainment, <laughs> and here we are. And I think Matt, I think you've uh, sailed on through. You've captained this ship through to uh, yeah. a pretty safe landing. Should say to the good listener, and perhaps you and I probably should have talked about it in the green room first. I don't know what next Monday morning show is going to look like. Got some some people <laughs> in town next weekend. Uh, some some guests, some company. I'm not entirely certain. <laughs> how energetic things are going to be Sunday. You and I will talk about that this week and see how we want to, how we want to put this together. Uh, so stay tuned. I would say to the social media feeds for an update on what that's going to look. What like. I would suggest is it's a lot like, um, B Brian Blair and jumping Jim Bronzel. We're going to go under the mat. You don't know who's going to come out in the morning <laughs> under the mask, the killer bees. It could be anything. It could be anybody on the mic. Yeah. Come Monday morning. So, or, Stay or nobody tuned. is more what I'm suggesting yeah. is on the table that perhaps you may have to wait an extra day next week or, or something like that. We'll see. We'll keep you posted. I'm just not sure how this is all going to shake loose. It's your birthday. Who's your daddy? Hmm. <laughs> I don't know, man. I'm, I'm pretty sure. I don't know what that was. I, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure <laughs> that's what's happening, man. Okay. It's, it's your birthday next week. Yes. And so... There'll be festivities. There'll be beers drank on the be, Saturday. Yeah, yeah, there'll be recovery time with a bunch of people, and so we'll see. You're Stay. gonna you're gonna hear something early next week. Yes. So you'll be, early next week is a fair be, assessment. You'll be fine. But should you hear nothing on Monday, you know 
40 year old Matt is hurt. And, uh, <laughs> and know that we're thinking of you. Yeah. 100%. And, and somebody will be along soon. Right. Someone will be with you shortly. Please stay tuned. Your listenership is important to us. 100%. We wind this one down here. That's this episode. Where are we? 1,130 of the Talkin' Audio Podcast. Give us a follow on social media. Make sure you're subscribed to the pod wherever you're hearing us. For Rob, my name's Matt. We'll see you sometime. See ya! (laughs) What was that? Number one bullshit. Oh, number one bullshit. Why are you so pissy? 